Welcome to Roundtail Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary. Look for moments of grace and peace and redefine what we talk about. We talk about faith. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Excellent. Good. Still waiting for our uh, studio. <laughs> so we are remote again, but I think I think the audio at least is going well. So I'm pleased for that. It's great. Yeah, um, you uh, you helped me to set up a nice remote station here out on the <laughs> On the satellite moon, you know? Satellite moon. I love that. That's great. So what are we talking about today? Well, I don't know exactly why this thought leapt into my mind, but I thought, hey, why not, right? Uh You're up for anything. Always. Right. So um, I was having a really rich conversation last week with a friend, and we were talking about how books are written. And Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, there's a a beautiful flow to a book, and it's chapter after chapter, and the chapters can be quite long. Mm-hmm. But there's also a form of writing where the chapters can be exceedingly short, almost as if they're composed of fragments. And uh, that can be a really attractive style of literature, right? You sort of just move from fragment to fragment, and maybe they're not even that closely related to each other, these fragments. Mm-hmm. And so um, that led me to think about... Um, an image of documents from the New Testament, you know, these old original, the papyrus forms of these documents, which on occasion, you know, ripped off or were burned or heaven knows what happened to them. (laughs) Water damage. Spilled water on them, exactly. So fortunately, we have some complete manuscripts of our sacred texts, but some of the ones that have been, you know, handed down through the centuries are just in really rough shape. Mm -hmm. And they are fragmentary. And it makes me, and it has made me think over the years, wow, what would it be like if that's all we had? (laughs) And, uh, And there's even a suspicion that the ending of the Gospel of Mark, which is a strange ending, it literally ends with the phrase, for they were afraid, Mm. period, uh, maybe there because the end of it broke off. And, uh, you know, so we don't have the ending. Or later on, people added endings, but the original one, who knows? Who knows where that is? Yeah. So um, I, over the last uh, year, I would say, I've been following a kind of literature called fast fiction. And it's uh, usually uh, fast fiction is a short story that's fewer than 1,500 words, usually 1,000 words. But you can have fast fiction that's only six words. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that is a particularly challenging um, (laughs) thing to do, to write a story in six words. Yeah. Isn't there that famous, is it the Hemingway, that little Hemingway thing about the crib for sale or whatever The baby shoes. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Right? Exactly. So very powerful image, right? But only uh, a few words. So I have been reading fast fiction, and some people write fast fiction and only put a very, very few, um, you know, chapters or words. And one that I came across that I love is called Og 9-Fog. So it's meant to be a journal entry, August 9th, right? Dash Fog. It's written by a woman named Catherine Scanlon. And she was at an estate sale when she saw something that looked like a box of garbage. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess she's the kind of person that... Hey, I I think I'm going to root through that box of garbage. (laughs) And she opened it up, and there was a diary there. And she took the diary out. It was one of those diaries that has the little clasp lock. Oh, yeah. Right? How cool are they? So good. 
and the and this this was so weather worn and water had been water damaged over the years that when she picked it up the lock actually fell off. <laughs> um, but when she opened it up, there neatly tucked into the first page was the key. So it still had its key and its lock, but they were sort of in different parts. And she brought it home. She didn't think much of it for a while. And then she started reading it. And she read this off and on for nine years. It was the diary of a woman in her mid-80s living in Illinois, just recording daily events in her life. Mm -hmm. So as a creative person, Catherine Scanlon um, took the copied all of these entries and then got out her scissors and then mixed them all up Oh, and created another diary oh, out of the original one, still using the original woman's language. Mm -hmm. And one of the diary entries says, clear, nice winter day, not doing much today. Little squirrel came this AM and he sure likes cornbread. Had letter from Bertha. She's better and contented out there. And that's wow. it. And uh, some of these entries are only five words long. She mm -hmm. said, I'm, I'm painting today, clouding at noon. Interesting <laughs> phrase, clouding yeah. at noon. Clouding. So this made me think about our days, how our days are composed of these fragments. Mm. And when we look back over each day, I think what we tend to see are a series of fragments. We can't always remember every detail of the day. Right. But if someone says, oh, what were your turning points? What were your celebration moments? Or what major event happened? You know, um, We can pick those out. Those might be the kind of things that would go into our journals and our diaries. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of meaning out of that in our lives. You know, It doesn't have to be much. Yeah. And so this is what's on my mind these days, um, holy fragments. And uh, I, I suppose, Leslie, I'm also saying this because I've been going through a lot of paraphernalia from my family that had been also boxed up, and I came across a whole year of um, my mother's journal entries. Oh, wow. Which I have not yet started, but I was just so amazed that that was there because she, she started writing well before this particular journal, you know, was composed. Um, but this has much longer entries than were normal for her, you know, in the past. I did skim through a few of them, you know, and you could see some days she was nostalgic. Some days she said, you know, it's a gray day today, feeling sad, went for a walk, felt better, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing to me how those simple, simple lines can be charged with so much meaning for people who come after like us yeah oh absolutely this makes me think of <clears throat> of two things um the first is which when i went to visit my grandfather and he was in birmingham at the time this was probably i don't know six months a year before he passed mm -hmm. um i went with my dad who was mm -hmm. at this point sort of overseeing his finances and all that stuff so we had some business to do with him um and i guess he was like he brought my grandfather this like box of papers and stuff and was looking through it and so he had found this sort of little little um little I guess journal you could call it I think it was a calendar that he had actually used in kind of like a journal but it's from the war mm -hmm. when he was in France mm -hmm. um and he was so 
dismissive of it. He was like, oh, yes, whatever. Oh, sure. Whatever. And I was like like holding it like it was a holy object because, you yeah, know. The holy grail. We found it. Yeah, because, I mean, right. I didn't, you know, know much of my my grandparents' lives. I, You know, my my par- my grandparents had their kids when they were a little bit older and then my parents were older when they had me and so it's like i was so so young mm. um even when they passed so mm-hmm. it was amazing just to have this thing and the funny thing is i was talking to my dad about this visit the other day and he barely remembers it and it's it's like a key memory of mine just being able to see it and like t- i talked to him about it and he's like was that oh if he's like, if you say so, I'll see if I can find it. But I have no idea where that went. <laughs> oh my gosh! Isn't that perfect? It was so perfect. Of like, this thing had become holy to me. Sure, and so precious. And I think I left it with him or something. And he was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. And then, speaking of fragments, have you seen these five-year journals? Yes, I love these. So I. Uh, have never been good and consistent about journal keeping, which is on track with my personality. Um, but I did manage to do a five-year one for, I think, a couple years on and off. But I love that they have, you know, they're small to begin with. Yes. And then each page has five sections. Yes. Where you really can only fit three sentences mm-hmm. and just like a little a little memory a little thought a little today we went to the park and it was beautiful like that's really all you can fit and you write the year and so like each day is like march 17th and then you write whichever year you're filling in and then you get to see march 17th 2019 march 17th 2020 <laughs> the difference that was you know that kind of a thing and i think those are so um I love that approach. To me, that's the only one that's ever come close to working in yep. my life as a way to record just thoughts or little memories. Um, I love those. They're, just little, they're little fragments. They, re- they require you to be succinct y- yes. in your thoughts. And I think, I'll have to go back and look, but I think that the journal that Catherine Scanlon found was a five-year journal. And I'm not sure that I actually had heard of it up until that time. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting that you mentioned that because I think that's why she was able to see the comparison over time. <clears throat> I really like yeah. that approach. Not great. Uh, and I think that this, yes, it was a five-year journal because it was roughly 67 to 72. That was the period of time. And uh, so so it's it's, I think it's really... Um, fun to think about how so much meaning can can happen you know can be held in such a small vessel mm-hmm. right like a five-year journal and i i guess the other thing i'm thinking is that you know there's a a phrase that's attributed to mother teresa and that is she said once we cannot do great things we can only do small things with great love and um, I know that people do, in fact, do great things. But for most people, I think doing small things with great love is, in fact, uh, the more accessible approach. Mm-hmm. And to really invest in every action, you know, to be intentional enough to say, I'm going to invest love in this. And uh, so I think that's what I think that's what held Catherine Scanlon's attention as she went back and looked at these. And you think about one person reading someone else's journal, you know, for nine years, 
before she ever decided to do anything with it creatively from her own standpoint. It's kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, right. It's, um, and she almost creates a collage out of it because she's using, it's like an artist would find photographs from the past and then cut them up and rearrange them into other pieces and other images. And that's kind of what she's doing. And I think that's in a way what we do with faith, right? We take insights from the past. We take a little text here, part of a song there, something somebody said over there, and we bring that together and then it creates a little bit of a, a maybe a momentary wholeness for us. Mm-hmm. And we only need it for a short space of time. And then on it goes. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, I guess the last thing I would say about this is that writing during between 1967 and 72, what a time of tumultuous change, right? Yeah. Upheaval, a revolutionary period in our nation's history. And... Um, but she's aware of, you know, a squirrel who likes cornbread. <laughs> you know, I love it. Yeah. The, the Not big missing anything. Small. Yeah, the big and the small. And I also think, <clears throat> you know, there's uh, there's that kind of ridiculous saying of how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> right. <laughs> One bite at a time. <laughs> you know, how do we do anything big? Mm-hmm. Lots of small actions done with love and done with intention. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, think that's, I think that's the only way you can do something big, right? I think so. You know, I, so funny you say this because some years ago, a very dear friend gave me a book. It's about 750 pages long, and it's been resting on my shelf <laughs> for a it's, while. It's aging like fine wine. <laughs> it is. It is, and it was gently calling to me, and I thought, you know what? I, in honor of my friend, he's no longer alive. He was a very, very close friend. I'm going to read this thing, and I thought to myself, I am not going to read more than two pages a day of this. I am in no rush. There There's go. no reason. I'm not going to be a better person if I <laughs> grind through. 750 pages in 10 days. Sure. No, it's not going to work that way. Um, but who knows? Over the course of a year, two pages here, three pages there, really limiting myself, maybe it will sink in and I can <laughs> savor it, right? Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> I, yeah. So far, slowly. <laughs> As it should, one bite at a time. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's uh, it's a fragmentary approach. And I guess I have to, to looking back um, on my life, I would say that my introduction to ministry, my introduction to theology came through a book of fragmentary writings. A friend of mine, a pastor at the time, this is when I was in college, gave me a collection of um, a, a book, a collection of letters and poems called Letters and Papers from Prison. And it had been written by a German theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who had been arrested for his involvement in a plot to assassinate Adolf Hitler. And so in prison, he didn't try to write long books. He had written, you know, sort of a typical, typical looking books, but from prison, he wrote fragments. And sometimes longer letters, but mostly just very, very um, momentary bursts of energy. Write that down, a paragraph long, maybe less, sometimes just a single line, and that would that was it. And so that book, more than any of the other books that he wrote, 
has, I think, been the most enduring and the most popular mm. because we can recognize the fragmentariness of our own lives and how important that is. And uh, I think it's also maybe important, important to bring into this conversation the idea that some things are written and meant to be heard and seen and read in fragments. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then sometimes we have a tendency to fragment out mm. pieces that maybe lose something when they're no longer in context. True. Mm -hmm. I think of sometimes when scripture is quoted from... Um, from chapters that were not fragmentary <laughs> elements yes. and quoted and lost, lose something in that and are mm -hmm. used to maybe uh, judge or, or condemn, frankly. Mm -hmm. And that, that in that, that's sort of the other side of it. And I feel like some, there's something in that maybe that's worth discussing today. I think that's a wonderful point. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can use the fragments to, um, almost as stones in a wall, you know, to buttress a position or to wall ourselves off from mm -hmm. other views. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to be very careful of, uh, you know, I think you used the word context, and that was one of the, I would say if there was one word that was used repeatedly in my seminary experience, you know, it was context. Pay attention to the context. Be careful about fragmenting out something yeah. um, in order to, you know, to move, make a point. And that, that used to be a very popular preaching style, that pastors would indeed fragment out something, mm -hmm. and they would take that one piece and build a message around it, yeah. but without any regard for the setting, the other texts around it. And it's dangerous, you yeah. know, and it's really not respecting the text in some ways. Um, but um, but it can also be said that I think the Gospels were created by people who liked to layer things, and they sort of took stories and layered them one after the other, you know, kind of putting them together, and uh, that's part of the artistry of it. But, you know, it's, it's a completed whole when it's like that, you know, yeah. there's a sort of an overall design, and we have to be careful about breaking up that design. Well, and a lot of the New Testament writings were written sort of as sequels, if you will, to mm -hmm. Old Testament writings. That they were assuming a knowledge base yes. that I feel I, I personally don't have mm -hmm. when I'm, you know, hearing these scriptures. And one thing I really appreciate that you do um, in our Sunday service is that you give every time we have a scripture, you give all the context it feels like you can about it. And sometimes to me, that is like, it's like a message, a sermon unto itself. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. for me, like that's actually something that, you know, is, is part of the things that I take away that day because it just, it completely it takes the blinders off, mm. I think a little bit mm -hmm. and gives me a broader, a broader view. And I, I appreciate that that's something you do so intentionally every single time. Mm. You know? oh, well, that's and I, good. Um, and I appreciate that that's not in, to keep that up for so long, <laughs> like it's not a it's not a quick easy. Like it, it, you, you right. must be so intentional about it, right? Yeah. Sometimes I just think to myself, it would be a lot easier not to say any of this. <laughs> just let it go, Ed. Let it go. I feel let that it... so deeply in my own things. Yeah. Like, why did I start this? Oh, I got to keep going now. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, um, for the online service, God 
bless all of our online audience, you know, for the yeah. Sunday messages, because I'll sometimes be re- in the midst of recording. I'm thinking, you know, my the context is like seven times longer than the reading. So, Ed, <laughs> dial it back here, you know. No, do not dial it back. <laughs> We're all um, going to school. Oh my gosh. Well, I love I love the connection you've made with these writers who saw their forebears, you know, as having given them the impetus to write some of these texts. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like us today, you know, we read something in the paper and we think, I've got to save that. I'm going to use that one day. And they're they're their main repository for doing that were their Old Testament texts, you know, mm-hmm. the Hebrew Bible texts. So, and who knows, you know, they may have had them in fragmentary form. You know, we don't know if we had, if they had the whole. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes wonder whether some of those people just learned bits and pieces from their teachers who had learned bits and pieces from their teachers, you know, right, and right, right. so it goes down through the through the years. Um, but a little can go a long way. Um, it turns out, you know, yeah. I think that that's, uh, that's just a gift that, and I, I just keep thinking about the simple wonder and miracle of, uh, of people who take those few moments to record what's down. And I think Leslie, a lot of people are in your grandfather's camp that when you say to them, you know, like, wow, what is this? They're like, it's just stuff I wrote down, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's no big deal. And like, no, it is a big deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's like, it was, it was like, it was cold today. <laughs> hey, that's all you need to know. You know, you know? If, if there's only that, nothing more, that's, that's still something. That's what he thought that day. It paints a picture, right? It's something does. you can't, you know, we can't, we can't imagine it adds, you know, oh, oh, here's a comparison. So have you seen those history and color? Yes. Things? Oh, they're so good. On oh, Netflix. my heavens. Yes. I'm so amazing. And Moving I feel like, fragments. Yeah. I feel like when we, when we get these, it adds color to this picture that we have of, you know, of, of people or of that time. And it's so yeah. easy to think that it was so long ago. Right. Um, these little really clips lessons. of film. Yeah. Well, and it's also my, my number one favorite factoid that uh, Anne Frank, Martin Luther King Jr., and Barbara Walters were all born in the same year. Oh, remarkable. Wow. Which makes my brain explode. <laughs> <laughs> but it helps oh. me also remember that like these things that we talk about were not that long ago. Yes. Um, yeah. And that That's we, right. you know, these lessons we can add color to and remember that, you know, we can, we still have things to learn and we're not that far removed from people who made some pretty, pretty big mistakes and also did some amazing acts of courage and that both of those things have happened within a single lifetime. Yes. So true. When I'm looking at those brief clips from, you know, 1910, 1906, 1898, and looking at the faces of the people, I mean, I I get a chill. Um, because they're looking back at the camera. Yeah. Because because th- they're so fascinated. Like, what, <laughs> what is it, that? <laughs> what is this thing? You know, yeah. and uh, and watching people cross the street, and someone reaching out for someone else's hand, and someone shaking out an umbrella, and these really mundane, ordinary things are suddenly just charged with significance. Yeah. So I think it goes back to those wonderful words that you say every time we do this, you know, searching out the holy and the ordinary. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? It's it's all around us. And these little tiny pieces, these moments of film, photographs, whatever, they they just suggest this, you know, and pull us in. It's yeah. amazing. It makes me think about, you know, <clears throat> like you were saying at the beginning of this episode that, you know, when we look back at our day, these little moments of mm-hmm. of joy, of learning, of growth, you know, they they can add up to a lot. But it's not always mm-hmm. about what they add up to even. It's just what we can glean from them. Of, you know, from looking back five years from now, like, oh, I went mm-hmm. to the park today. And what, what yeah. a heartwarming, wonderful memory that is of something just so simple. Yep. Um, and that there's beauty yeah. in that yes. simplicity. There's holy in that ordinary moment. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, I think that there's beauty in fragments. And this is... Uh, we're still in the early weeks of a new year and it's it's a great way to appreciate that because life sometimes i think we get frustrated because it feels fragmentary and i don't think we have that's not our only option you know Mm. we can also be grateful for those little pieces and then cherish them savor them look at them you know and then think about how they compel us to move on I love that. Well, thank you so much for this conversation, Ed. Thank you all for joining us. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillradio.org.